Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Church, great to have you this morning at uh, Elevation Church. My name is Bronson with my wife Gabby. We're the pastors here and it is a great privilege to do life with you, to journey together in our faith with Jesus Christ. I think every one of us is on a journey with Christ. Yeah, We haven't arrived. We're walking with God together and so it is great to have you here this morning. If you are a guest, a special welcome to you as well. Can we give a, another Elevation welcome to our guest this morning? Uh, if you're looking for a church, I'd love for you to consider maybe joining our family and uh, pray, prayerfully consider that. And uh, I would encourage you to spend some time, come two, three, four weeks to get to know the place well, to get to know us. I think at the end of that time, you'll say, hey, this is a great community. I want to be involved here. Uh, more importantly, I hope that you feel like God is here as well and that it's a place where you can meet with God because that's what we're about. We're not about pastors or names of churches. We're more about Jesus Christ and what he can do in your life and in our lives. And so uh, consider that today. We are in the final week of a series called Genuine. And it's a series about uh, how there are superficial relationships in this world, but we want genuine relationships. So on my Facebook, I think I've got like, I don't know, 400 friends. Uh, on Instagram, I've, 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 only got, I've only got like 280 followers, as my daughter Joelle reminds me, because she's got more followers. But all those people I've got on there, they're not really all my friends, right? Like some of those friendships are a little bit superficial. We, we want to do genuine, rich deep relationships at Elevation Church. And so that's what this series is about. It came from two things we've been doing this year, focusing on encounters with God and then building community with others. So we had a series previously called Heart of Worship. It was all about God, how we can encounter Him in our praise, how we can worship God in our day-to-day lives. Worship is warfare, all those types of things. And then this series has been about community, relationships, how we can do that together. And so week one, we had an amazing preach from Dave. He brought a message about how friendships matter. They're important. Then the week after that, we looked at how we can be a great friend. Then last week, I talked about how there might be a great friend right here in this church community sitting right next to you that you are yet to meet or that you can do deep life with. And as Lee said, you can watch those on our YouTube channel or listen to them on our podcasts uh, if you miss them. Today, I want to look at a subject that perhaps might seem a little bit strange in a series about relationships. It might seem like it's a bit of a a weird subject to talk about and, and relax. I'm not going to the big three, money, sex, or politics. We're not talking about any of those things today, but what we're talking about is the subject of unfriending. Turn the person next to you and say, unfriending. Don't say, don't say you. Don't say I'm unfriending. Just unfriending. Uh, don't know if anyone uh, uh, can remember back to when they were in kindergarten or maybe in primary school or maybe if you have children yourself, your kids have been there or are currently there and you see that little kids find it really easy to unfriend. Have you noticed that? Like I remember, not myself, but I remember when my children were younger, that's uh, too long, away for me, long ago for me to remember those days, but when my kids were younger, the unfriending process happened a lot. And so you might be in the school ground and, and suddenly, you know, uh, little Johnny runs up to you and says, you're not my friend anymore. And there's tears and all those types of things. Or maybe we're in the classroom and, and, and little, little, little Jackie, little, little, uh, um, uh, little Sarah, she writes a note passes it to her friend, 
soon-to-be former friend, and it says, you're no longer my friend anymore. It's a cruel, brutal world out there in the kids' playgrounds with friendships. Well, sometimes as followers of Jesus Christ, Christ, we have to go through the process of unfriending ourselves or perhaps redefining a, a relationship or redefining a friendship and how close people might be to us. And, and the reason we might do that is because we want to protect the most important friendship, the most important relationship that we have, and that is our relationship with Jesus Christ. And we want to ensure that we're staying on the right path in our relationship with Jesus. And so unfriending is not always easy, but oftentimes it is necessary. And so this is a, a tricky subject to talk about. So I gathered some resources during the weekend and um, a, a lot of different pastors. And so a lot of what I'm sharing today is not my own original material, but uh, I believe God gave us eyes to plagiarize. So a lot of, there's some really good thoughts in my message today. And so if you'd open up your heart to let it speak to you, uh, I think you'll see that God will bless it. So let's pray this morning. Lord God, I, I just thank you this morning that we've, we've spent some time in your presence, your, your beautiful presence. We've, we've, we've had communion where we've remembered your body and your blood that was beaten and shed for us, Lord God. We, we, we've praised you, Lord God. I thank you right now as we open Scripture that we hear from you again that you speak to us through your word, Lord God. I thank you that we're endeavoring to be more like you, Jesus Christ. So to be more like you, we need more of you in our lives. So Holy Spirit, bring more of God in our lives. Holy Spirit, lead us and guide us. And we thank you for that in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Come on, we can do better than that. Amen. 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 What does the Bible say about choosing our friends? Straight into it today. It says this in Proverbs 12, 26. Six, the righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. The Bible says, choose your friends carefully because the wrong friends can lead you astray. Anyone experience that in life? The wrong people can lead you astray. Another way to say this is this, you will find it difficult to live the right life when you have the wrong friends. Well, it's quiet in here this morning. Difficult to live the right life when you have the wrong friends. It is almost impossible to live a God-honoring life when you have friends in your life who are not honoring God, or, but are in fact living their lives in direct opposition or in the direct opposite direction that you know God would want you to have your life. It can be difficult. And, and, and friends who are doing those types of things, I remember back to my early 20s, uh, about four, five, six years ago, my early 20s, uh, and I was uh, working at a university. And some of, the, some of my friends that I had at the time were friends that I'd met during university. Some of the friends I had were people that I was working alongside with, and they were good friends. And, and, and uh, unfortunately, while they were good friends, they were, some of them were the wrong friends. They were funny. They were smart. We got along well. But there were some things about them where they were living their lives directly opposite to the way that a God-honoring life person would live their lives. And so, you know, womanizing, getting drunk, stealing from work, pornography, dirty language and jokes and all types of things. It wasn't good. And I want to be clear, I think I did a pretty good job of keeping my integrity during that time. But if I'm honest enough with you, I will say that those years were probably the lowest years of my life in terms of my connection with Jesus Christ. 
Those years were probably the time where my life was lowest in connecting with Jesus Christ. And why is that? Because you'll find it difficult to live the right life when you've got the wrong friends. Wrong friends will rub off you on you the wrong way. 1 Corinthians 15.33, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. So there's a tension here. There's a, there's a conundrum. There's a, what do we do here? Because what do we do here? Do, do, we, do we totally divorce ourselves from contact with any people who are not living a Christian life or any people who are not living a God-honoring life and, and go away and, and push them away and say, you can't be part of my life? Like, do we do those types of things? And you, you see people that have done that. You know, they've, they've gone off and they've ended up in all strange places, cults and all types of different things, trying to avoid bad people. They become bad people themselves. And so we know that the answer is not to just, uh, you know, escape from the world and, bunk, you know, go to our, our fallout bunker and get our, our doomsday prepper supplies and all those types of things is not the answer. And we know that not just because of common sense, but we know that because we see the example of Jesus in the Bible, the, the way that he associated with people. Jesus ate with bad company. See, Mark 2.15, while Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, Many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his followers, for there were many who followed him. So, so the tension is, well, which one is it? Like God, which one is it? Like, like Bible, which, which one is it? What am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to avoid bad company? Or can I have dinner with sinners? Which one am I allowed to do? And I believe it's both. I believe it is both. See, Jesus didn't divorce himself from sinners, but he also didn't allow them to influence his life. He didn't allow them to have an influence on his life. We have to be careful not to let the wrong influences take us away from God, while at the same time being careful not to get a cold heart towards people who don't know Jesus Christ that need people like us in their worlds to tell them about a Savior, a King, a Jesus that died for them, that loves them. We need to tell them about that. So to me, that looks like an example here that, that, that I'm borrowing off a pastor, but an example here of an eight-lane highway, freeway. Picture that. You've got an eight-lane freeway, okay? And you are in lane number one. Let's just say that's the furthest left lane, okay? Lane number one is you. And I'm going to say God. If you believe in Jesus today, is you and God. And maybe in lane one, maybe if, you, if you've got a partner, is your partner today as well. Lane one is the closest bunch of people you're going to have in your life and then maybe there's lane two next to you as well and so lane two are a group of people who are close to you and so the further you get across into the lanes the further away people are close to you right like does that make a lot of sense and so lanes two to four or five of friends but as you're getting along they're getting gradually closer away less and less and six and seven might be more colleagues and stuff like that and then you get to lane eight and lane eight is maybe, I don't know, a frenemy or a something. I don't know. But lane eight is people where like, maybe, maybe those are people you don't want to do life with. They've, they've hurt you or something like that. Well, my closest friends, the lane two crew, right? The, 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 the closest friends are in your lane two, right? Lane one might be your, your relationship with a spouse. And then lane one is obviously with God, right? 
Lane two is your closest friends that you have next to you. I want those people, the people who are going to have the closest influence in my life. They do more time with me. They have more ability to speak into my life. They're going to influence me more. I want those people to be God-fearing, Bible-believing, committed Christians. Like the people who are going to have the most influence in my life. And you might be saying, why, why is that, Bronson? Because I want people speaking into my life encouraging my life, lifting me up, you know, challenging me at times. I want those people to view life, to filter life through the Scriptures and through the Holy Spirit. I want those type of people around me. And so then uh, from the other lanes, lanes three to seven, is everyone else. Closest group of friends in lane two, those who love Jesus, I want them in lane two and everyone else, everywhere else. And we can decide where people fit in that scheme of things. And this is what Jesus did. This is not the Gospel of Bronson. This is what Jesus actually did. Jesus had three men that were his closest friends in lane two that he did life with, that he loved the most. Then he had the rest of the disciples. They're in like lanes three. And then the rest of the followers were all in four, five, and six, and all those places. He had his core, the closest that were to him. And then he had everyone else. So how do we know who maybe we need to redefine a friendship, maybe they need to move further away in the lanes that are closest to us. Uh, how do we know we're going to do that today? Because you might be sitting there thinking, well, what's the criteria? What's the filter for us to do this? How do we just determine uh, where our friends should be? Well, I'll start by saying this. If you've got friends who are involved in organized crime, who are on the daily uh, murdering people, uh, 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 every night are getting absolutely wasted on drugs and alcohol, uh, 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 are racist, uh, are just bad people around, they're probably good friend, uh, candidates to maybe move a little bit away from us, right? Like, am I right? Or am I? Yeah, they're probably people who want to move away. Now, let me say this, though. If that's us this morning, if that's you today, that's the way you're living your life. Can I just say to you, this church is open to everyone. This church is not closed off. There's not only good people allowed in this church because guess what? There's no good people. That's what the Bible says. Why do you call me a good teacher? There is no good teacher. There's no good people. Just, 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 you know, people on a bad category, you know, spectrum. But if that's you today, I want to let you know that there is a man, his name is Jesus Christ. And he came for you and he can change your life and you can have freedom from those things. Most people in doing those things don't want to stay there. They don't know how to get out. Jesus is your out. And he's your eternity. He's your salvation. He's the one who died for you and he loves you. So rethink your life and think about maybe if that's the way you're living your life, you need to put Jesus in your lane one instead of having him all the way over in lane eight. Get Jesus in your life. He'll make a difference to you. Change you from the inside out. But the reality is probably most of us they're probably not the type of friends that we have. But they're probably not the majority of friends that we have, right? The friends that we have, maybe it's friends who are always negative. Everything's always negative. Always constantly critical. Or maybe they're always leaving you drained whenever you see them. Or maybe when you see them, they're always tempting you to do something that you know you shouldn't do. Or, or maybe they're the type of, of people who are trying to introduce values to you and to your family and to your children that you know those values, man, they're not right. They're in, they're in opposition to what I believe and what, and, and what God believes. And they're doing all these things. And then instead of taking you closer to God, they're taking you further away from God. 
There may be some people like that that we might have in our lives who might need to redefine those friendships that we have with them today. So I'm going to give you a couple of thoughts this morning if you're writing notes down. And I know everyone does because you're going to go home this afternoon and review your notes. If you're writing notes down, why don't you write these down? Um, If I have friends who are constantly doing these things, it might be time for me to put a pause to the friendship or possibly even uh, unfriend them. I will unfriend a friend if they are constantly trying to distract me from God's plan. Ooh. If they are constantly trying to distract me from God's plan, we see an example like this with Jesus and one of his closest friends, Peter. Jesus is talking about, it's, it's coming towards the end of his ministry, he's talking about how, hey, I'm going to go to the cross, I'm, I'm, I'm going to die. And, and Peter, one of his disciples, one of his closest friends, turns around and says, no, no, Jesus, come on, we've got better plans for you than that. Let's do something else. Jesus turns around in Matthew 16, 23, Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. This is a strong words. Get behind me, Satan. You're a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God or the things of, but the things of men. Jesus gives Peter a quick rebuke and tells Peter, I'm not going to let you distract me from God's plan for my life. To distract me from the things of God, where he has me heading. Perhaps you've got friends and every time you mention that you're going to church, they tell you, What? You're going there again? We've already been there once this month. Well, you went last week. Don't go there. You know, come out tonight or come with us in the morning. We're going to go somewhere else. You don't need to go there again. I'm trying to distract you from God. Maybe you've got friends and, 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 and you know, when you, when, when, when you look at their lives, they're all about money and material things and getting more. And when, when you're around them, it's all about those things. And when you talk to them about, hey, I believe that, you know, we're called to be generous people and I give to my church, I tithe and I'm, we do this thing called legacy every year. You do those, you, you talk about those things. They're like, why are you doing that? You're crazy. Don't give them any more money. The church doesn't need your money. Like, come on, don't, keep it for yourself. Get more possessions. Get a nicer car, nicer clothes, all those types of things. Sports, fashion, having a good time. Now listen, not wrong things in themselves. All right. I'm not up here today saying you can't do anything in life but sit at home and read the Bible 24 hours a day. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is that these good things can be wrong if they distract you from God, then they're no longer good things. And friends like that, maybe you need to just maybe push them a little further across in the lanes of your life so that they don't distract you from your most important relationship that you have. Jesus Christ, your most important relationship because they are causing you to lose sight of God and his plans for your life. That's number one. Number two, I will unfriend a friend if they are constantly trying to tempt me to sin. They're constantly trying to tempt me to sin. We see an example of this in the Old Testament with Joseph and and his master, Potiphar's wife. The scriptures talk about how uh, this uh, Potiphar's wife was continually trying to get Joseph to sin by sleeping with her. Keeps on saying no. Genesis thirty nine twelve. She caught Joseph by his cloak and said, "Come to bed with me." But he left his cloak in her hand and run and ran out of the house. I said we weren't going to talk about sex, and we're not, but we're kind of alluding to it. He ran out of the house naked. Joseph fled. He fled. He didn't say. 
Maybe if I do this with her, I can tell her about Jesus. He didn't say, well, just this one time, I'll, I'll, I'll go out and get drunk again because I'm going to get an opportunity to tell him about Jesus. No, he fled. He left what it was. He didn't sin. He fled, left the situation that might tempt him. Some of us need to flee. There's some friendships that we have. There's some situations that we need to flee because there's constant temptation that these friends are trying to bring into our lives. Now, for a lot of us, it might not be as dramatic as the story of Joseph. But what about the friend who's always gossiping about someone? He's trying to get you to gossip. I just want you to pray for Sister Mary, but did you hear what she did? Uh, we're going to pray for her, but first let me tell you. Gossip, right? Come on, the scripture's clear on gossip. It says don't do it. What about... Trash talking your husband. Get around with the ladies, the girl crew. Girl talk, trashing that husband, trashing this husband, trying to tempt you to trash your husband. Man, what about the friend you have who's always trying to tempt you to look at other women that aren't your wife? Come on, bro, it's all right. There's nothing wrong with looking. Trying to tempt you all the time, you know. Look, just look at that person. Or, or if you had a past with some sort of addiction, they're always trying to tempt you back into that addiction. Come on, one last time. It's all good. Don't worry. Tempting you continuously, continuously. I think we might want to consider unfriending or just moving in the lanes of friendship, friends like that in our lives that are trying to tempt us. If the keys could come this morning. To be honest, unfriending is not easy. It's not easy to do something like this if you've had someone in your life who's been close and then you see, you realize that maybe there's some, some changes, some distance that needs to be made. It's not easy. It's hard to do. But we have to think bigger picture. And we've got to think what is most important in our lives. The scriptures are clear. Bad company corrupts. Choose your friends wisely. It's hard to do this, but we've got to think bigger. If our walk with God is paramount, is of most importance, and it should be as followers of Jesus Christ, then we really need to think about the friends we have so they do not distract us from the plans that God has for our lives or tempt us to go and do things that we know we shouldn't be doing that. But, but, let's be sure that in doing that, we don't forget something. Let's be sure that in looking at the friendships of our lives and then realizing that maybe there might be some lane two people or lane three people that maybe we might need to push for a season out into the further lanes. Let's not just, let's not forget something. I will not stop loving them with the unconditional love of Jesus. See, as we are considering maybe there might be someone that we might need to move across in those lanes of our lives, I will not stop loving them with the unconditional love of Jesus. See, the purpose of my message today is not to get everyone running out of here, hitting the, 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 the trails, get the posse, you know, mounted up and we're going to get rid of all of our friends. You know, that, that, that's not my reason for my message today. But my message today is not for you to get rid of all your friends because, you know, you can only be my friend. It's nothing like that. It, that that's not at all what I'm saying or to run around in you know, in a frenzy with a holy cross, keeping the sinners at bay or doing any of those types of things. 
to retreat into the four walls of our church community and to leave the world behind. That's not what I'm talking about. Jesus loves sinners and so should we. So there's a tension. There's something we have to work through and we have to seek the Holy Spirit and we have to ask Him and we have to say, Holy Spirit, guide me. Give me your wisdom. Help me to look at the people around me that I'm doing life with, my core. What type of people are there's a tension there we've got to look into it don't keep bad company while also going into all the world jesus says go into all the world but also the bible says don't keep bad company so when we're filled with love for people like jesus loved people when we have to have those conversations you know maybe it looks something like hey listen we've done life together for a while there's something happening in my heart and uh, as you know, I believe in Jesus and there's just some things that He's working through with me at this time. And there's some things that I need to focus on and some things I need to unfocus on. And so there's some, some things that are distracting me in my life at the moment. There's some things that are tempting me. And I'm not saying that I'm better than anyone else. I'm not saying that I'm better than you. But I might just need to pause for a little bit, just spend some time away for a little bit. But I want to let you know I love you and I believe the best for you. I'm here for you. I know that God loves you too. But just for a season, it might need to be that I want to decide to spend more time focused on the things of God, to spend more time on Him. And we might need a breather in our friendship. See, we don't just throw people in the scrap heap. We don't just ghost them. We don't just leave them on red. We love them. We love them because of John 13, 34, a new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Look, he's talking to Christians, but he's also talking to us in terms of loving other people. They will know that we are Christ's disciples. See, being a follower of Jesus isn't just about going to church. It's not just about tithing. It's not about serving or volunteering or reading our Bibles that lets people know that we are disciples of Jesus. It's the love that we show them, that we, uh, uh, that we impart to them. We don't stop loving people with, an unconditional, with the unconditional love of Jesus. There are many things in my life that I will not compromise on because of my faith and because of what I believe and because of what the Scriptures, the Holy Scriptures say. And there are a lot of things that are changing in society today that talk directly against those types of things. And there are many people that believe those types of things. I don't believe them. And I won't compromise on that faith. But it doesn't mean I won't love those people. Just because they believe something different than me doesn't mean I won't love those people. Just because I have a different worldview doesn't mean I won't love those people. But they might not be lane two people or lane three people. I want to let them that close to my life. As we finish today, our genuine series, finishing on a bit of a serious note this morning, but as we finish our series, I really want us to... to just reflect. Maybe you want to close your eyes right now. Maybe as we're just finishing up, close your eyes right now and say, God, what have you been trying to speak to me through this series? What have you been, Holy Spirit, where are you trying to lead me in this series? As, as, 
as our Elevation leadership and our teaching team have sought God and, and, and believe that God is wanting us to speak into relationships, how is that you, God, trying to speak to me? And, and as we think about that, God, how, 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 God, can we maybe be a great friend? How, God, can we, maybe there's someone in this room right now who's going to be a deep friend, a rich friendship, a genuine friend in my life. Maybe for some of us today, this message that I've just shared with you has maybe convicted us and we're having to think about our friendships that we have and especially those people in those lane two and lane three and lane four. I want to say this morning, don't, don't, don't go away from here this morning. Just, you know, pat yourself on the back. I came to church, I heard a sermon, I thought about it and then I went away. This morning, I want to say to you, just think about it. Come on, genuine relationships. Friendships matter. Great person. Redefining some relationships. God, how are you trying to speak to us through this message series? Seek God today. God, the friends that I have, the people I'm doing life with. Maybe there's some people in our lives. We've got them in lanes three and four. We actually need to move them. Maybe they're in lanes four or five or six and we need to move them to lanes two or three. There's some good, godly people. We need to get around them more. Invite them to be closer into our life. Come on, redefining relationships. Hey, you might need to go to that person. Hey, I want to spend more time with you. Can we can we somehow catch up regularly and develop a friendship and a relationship? I want to have, you know, some, some people, we're moving out to other lanes. Maybe there's some people who want to draw in to our world. God, speak to us this morning. Holy Spirit, lead us to know which of those relationships, God. Help us to develop those deep, rich relationships, genuine relationships that you have for us, Lord God. Speak to us, we pray, Lord God. We thank you for that this morning. We pray that you're guiding us, Holy Spirit, in our relationships. God, in our homes, in our marriages, in our with our parents and our siblings, Lord God. In this church community, Lord Jesus, I thank you. Genuine, genuine God. Genuine, Lord Jesus. We're opening ourselves up to people, Lord God, to speak into our lives. We're seeking God. God, we're going we're gonna to pull down facades. Lord Jesus, we're going to let people see behind the curtain. Lord God, we're going to invite people into the, into the vulnerable places of our heart, Lord Jesus. Because we know, Lord God, that there is, there, is, there is a strength in doing life together with other people, Lord. So I thank you, God, this would be a community like that, Jesus, in the coming days, weeks, months, and years, God. There's a, there's a strength that is being built, Lord God, in our relationships with each other. This morning, maybe you're here, and as I was talking about the importance of Jesus and how He should be in our lane one, and how He is our most important relationship that we have, maybe today you don't know Him as a friend. Maybe you've read all about Him. Maybe you've you know, seen movies, The Passion of the Christ. Maybe you've even got friends that invited you here this morning or on the live stream. And you know, maybe you grew up in church your whole life. But today, if I was to ask you, is Christ in the lane one of your life? Is He the in the most important, closest part of your life? Is He your Lord and Savior? Have you surrendered your life to Him to say, Jesus, come into that part of my life that is the deepest, closest, most vulnerable, the part that I want to open up to you, Holy Spirit, Jesus, to come into my life. Have you ever prayed that prayer? Be my Savior. 
today you're, you're here and, you're, and, and, and you've never done that this morning. Today, has there ever been a time in your life where you said, yes, I admit the wrongs that I've done, but I can't be good enough to meet the standard of God. I need Jesus Christ. If you've never done that this morning, this is, this is for you too. Right now, I want to ask you if you would like to invite Jesus into your life. The most genuine, deep, fulfilling, life-giving relationship you could enter into with God, the creator of the universe. This morning, if you'd like to invite Jesus into your life, to enter into that relationship, would you lift your hand up right now? Say, Bronson, I want to invite Jesus into my life this morning. Say, I want to know God this morning. I want to know Jesus. I want to know His salvation this morning. Thank you, God. We're going to say a prayer right now. If you want to invite Jesus into your life in this room on the live stream, dear Jesus, thank you. You died for me. You rose again so that I might know you. You saved me so that I might spend eternity with you. You're alive so that I might be alive in you. I thank you, Jesus. I invite you into my life. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord, this morning. God, the Holy Spirit, you're, you're moving amongst this, this room, Jesus. Is there anybody who prayed that prayer for the first time? If there's anybody who was considering to pray that prayer but didn't, Holy Spirit, speak to them, minister to them. I thank you for that right now. We give you thanks, Jesus. You're so great. You're almighty. You're all-powerful. You saved us and we give you praise for the greatest relationship we could have with you, Jesus, in your mighty name. Everyone said, Amen. Amen.